Two series for the next six weeks. It wasn't going to be five. I think it's going to be six. Uh, but we want to talk about giving. The church has just been exploding, and and we had sixteen, at least sixteen men at Bob Evans yesterday. We we invaded Bob Evans, and and I think we ran them out of biscuits and gravy, and you know what I'm saying. Why am I talking about food? Okay. Uh, but um, just great. The church is just growing. We we saw last year in a year alone. Uh, 250 people give their heart to the Lord and get rededicated or give their heart to Jesus. Give God a hand clap for that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you know, we're going to just jump into because one of the biggest questions with people just coming to the Lord or just, you know, saying, oh, I, I want to know what to do or what does the Bible say? I don't want to be manipulated into. And we've all been there. We've been and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not going to list any names, but we have sat in services where we felt like guilty if we didn't give and and or. Uh, manipulated to give and and I don't want you to feel that way here I want you to understand what God says about it and I want you just to listen to God and be obedient to that and is that fair I think that's fair enough I don't want you I mean if we've had people go well I just didn't like that I don't feel well if, you know if you're feeling that then then, then don't give and l- let the Lord you know you you just have to deal with God on all that stuff and I want him to because he loves you, he's going to show you. I'm going to do my best to show you uh, what the word says about tithing and about giving in the next six weeks so that you don't have any question. You can go, okay, that's, I know that's God. The Bible says that we can rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, you can be sitting somewhere and you can say, you know what, something in my spirit doesn't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. You can go to the word. You need to go to the word. Any, any place you're at, whether you're here or any place, mark it, line it up with God's word. It's got to line up with the word. If it doesn't line up with the word, don't do it. And so we want to give you the word uh, and and so that you understand it. And that's part of my passion is so that I can explain it to you at least as, as it comes in the Bible and you can go, you know what? I can do that. I get it. I can do that. So uh, I thought uh, uh, we would just enjoy that together. Can we do that? We were, we're family and we're going to do that. So this is called, this is the blessed life, and I want to thank Robert Morris and, and uh, Gateway Church. Uh, just some the best information I've ever heard about giving and tithing. But this is called the heart test. If you have your Bible, you want to look at Luke six thirty seven and thirty eight, and also just put your finger there. Just look at that. Put your finger there, and then go to Matthew seven one and two. We're going to read Matthew seven one through two, and we'll get to Luke six thirty seven thirty eight in just a, a second. And, uh, you know, if you have a Bible that has one of these things in it, you know, these things right here, I don't know, uh, these little slingadilla things or whatever they're called. That's that's in the Greek slingus dingus. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, just put that in uh, Luke and we'll get back to that. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 says, uh, I I just want to prove this to you. I I want you... To be blessed in every area of your life. I want, and some of you are here today and you're going, you know what, I, I give but I don't tithe. Because I've never really understood it and, and I want to live blessed but I, I, get, I start and then I have questions. If you just stay with me for the next six weeks, hopefully I can answer all your questions. You'll see what God says and you'll find out that there is nothing like living for God. Okay, so this is what this says. This is Matthew 7, 1 and 2. It says, judge not that you not be judged. For what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If I was to ask you what the main topic of this verse is, what would you say? We would say judgment. We would say judging. Um, and so let me, let me reread it. I just want you to get it, okay? And I'm going to emphasize the word. Here we go. 
Judge not that you not be judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. Pretty simple. Uh, It's uh, about judging. It's not a trick question. Is there anything in these verses about money? There is not. Let me put it this way. Is money in verses 1 and 2? No. It's not in there. Everybody agree. Money is not in this verse. All right. Okay, so let's do a short-term memory test. You all looking at me? I don't know that there's going to be a test. <laughs> We're going to say this together. We're going to say the first part of that, that scripture and the last part. Judge not, and you will not be judged. And with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Let's do it one more time. Judge not, and you will not be judged. And the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now take your slingy dingy and get it out of the way. We're going to Luke 6, 37 and 38. This is what this says. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Hmm, where have I heard that? Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is a parallel passage from what we just read. Now, I'm going to read that last 38 of Luke here, uh, 638. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We just read some of that same words uh, in, in Matthew. Same two phrases. And every theologian that looks at this, is this is what they say, these are paralleled from the Sermon on the Mount that's about the same passage. They're saying these are just two different guys. We're looking at Luke and Matthew, so we're looking at a tax collector and a doctor. And, and they're giving this account. And so one is more detailed. Uh, you know, it's amazing. And in, uh, in Luke, we can, you can't read a doctor's signature, but somehow we got this out of there. Uh, that's a, that wasn't that funny, but... <laughs> anyway, um, so Luke, I'm going to read it again. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, it'll be given to you good measure. Press down, shaking together. Running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Uh, give, it'll be given to you good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over, uh, and it will be put into your bosom for the same measure. Again, we, we just read that. But what was the topic of Matthew? Remind me again. Okay. What is the topic of Luke? Judging. Now listen. It started out, what was the first thing we read? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. See, but most of the time when this is being preached, and, and I guess I have done it before uh, myself, it, it is always preached on that last part in Luke, give and it will be given, and, and I get it. But it's always, it always takes us back to our wallets because it's always been preached about giving but let's study the second or the sentence for just a second give is the verb that's the action you is implied and it is the subject jesus is saying you give now it is the objective pronoun there's no such thing as it so it must be replaced with something so what he's saying is you give and whatever you give you're going to get back more that's what he's saying that's what's implied in this sentence it'll be given back to you good measure pressed down Shaking together, running over. Are we on the same page? Okay. So can it apply to money, Brett? 
Absolutely it can apply to money. Could it be preached that way? Yes, but that's not just what it's talking about. It started out with judging, just like Matthew. So here's, the, here's what I want you to understand. This is a great verse. It can apply to anything that you want to put in that in God's economy. When you give, you get more in return. I get that. But it also can work against you. Now listen to me. If you judge, guess what comes back to you? Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. We don't, we don't hear anybody preaching that. If we condemn, guess what comes back? If we won't forgive, guess what comes back? In good measure. We, we got to understand that God is wanting us, you know, can it refer to money? Yes, it can. It can come back to you. The problem that I have with this, as God has showed me, is that Luke 6.38 is taught as the motive for giving instead of the reward. Now think about what I just said. I'm going to give so I can get. That's the motive. The reward in God's kingdom is just... Now, if we even look further, if we go up before we even get to that, we're going to see that God God started this whole thing, did he not? God is the giver, and he doesn't need anything. So what I'm trying to tell you is, he doesn't, he's not telling you to give to get. He's saying just give because that's what you should do. It's just part of his economy. The rewards are great, but our motive should not be, I'm only giving so that I can get. This is not the stock market. This is run by God, not by man. People will think this, I want to get, so I'm going to give. The only reason I want to tithe is because I want to get. We're missing something. Ever wonder if God is up in heaven and saying to himself, this is so wonderful, all of my people are, are getting the revelation of getting. I don't think God is doing that. You know, he didn't implement giving for him because he doesn't need anything. So we have to understand, then... He implemented it for us. Can, can we give and it'll be given back to us? Absolutely. But we want to understand that this is a heart issue. This is something that we have to look at. It's what God wants is our hearts. Have your parents ever told you to do something and you really didn't understand it? My mom had the phrase, and you could all probably repeat it, because, oh, help me, Jesus. I heard that phrase growing up more time than Carter has liver pills. Why do I got to do that? Because I said so. Why do I have to do Because I said so. So, uh, you know, understand. But God doesn't just bless giving. He blesses giving with the right heart. He blesses it with the right motive. People have asked me before, Pastor, would you tithe if, if it didn't come? If God wanted me to? Yes. Because I want my heart to be right. I want it to be in, in connection with him. If you give because you're selfish and greedy, I don't know that God blesses that because he looks at your heart. But if you give to further the kingdom of God, I think he blesses that. It's our, it's our heart. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8 says this. Is there any among you, poor man of your brethren, with any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you? You shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother. 
you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. I want to give you four things this morning that you need to pass the heart test. And I mean, we all need work. So me included, you know, there's sometimes it's just like, oh, sometimes you think you're going to use something for something else. And God says, you see that? I want you to go do that. Oh, okay. Here's number one. We've got to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a selfish heart. Deuteronomy 15, 9. This is just after what we just read. says, beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. Now, I want to explain that in Israel, in the Israeli economy, God had implemented a system every seven years called the year of Jubilee. How many remember that or have you ever heard of that? And what would happen is every seven years, your debt would be completely canceled. And the cool thing about that is what he's saying here is that like, say if somebody come up and said, I really need help, but it's like six years, six months. And seven years, six months away, if you're the guy that can help him and you're saying, listen, in six months, his debt's going to be canceled. There's no way I'm going to get this money back. God says, shame on you. In other words, if you're just saying, well, I can't get the, I can't pay this back. Even if the Lord is saying you give to him because, you know, in six months, he'll never it'll be canceled. And God is that's what he's trying to tell us. God calls selfishness wickedness. And we are all born selfish. One of the first words a baby says or learns to say is mine. Give that to me. Mine. I, I, I want that toy. Mine. Maddie, when she was really little, we put her in the nursery. She would play with toys and even toys that she thought about playing with. And if somebody wanted to play with that, she'd go over and smack them. And then she'd go sit and time out. I said, what are you doing over here? She wanted to play that toy and he got it. She just, okay, maybe I, I didn't explain that well, but you know what I mean. Look at y'all staring at me like a calf in a new gate. I'm not so sure. But that's what we learned when we were little. Mine, mine, that you can't have that, that's mine. Point of interest for you ladies. We're always telling our children to share. We want our kids, share, play nice. But men are selfish about one thing. One thing that we don't like to share our food. For some reason, you women want our food. If you go through the drive through what does every wife say or woman say? Oh, I'll just have some of yours. No, you will not. Just let's get one and split it. No, let's not. Uh, we, we don't want to split it and we don't want to share when it comes to food. I'll get you one. I'll get you what I have. I'll even get you two, but you're not having any of mine. And the fries in the bottom of the bag, those are mine too. Everybody look at your neighbor, give them the peace sign and say, here comes number two. Deal with a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you all your works and in all which you put your hand to. You see, selfishness attacks us before we give, and then grief attacks us after we give. You ever give a large sum of money to somebody or to church or uh, organization or something, and then something breaks? Your tire goes out, or your engine, something goes wrong, or your refrigerator, you know, and you're like, oh, and the enemy beats you up over that. 
if you still had the money or you just kind of grieve <laughs> i didn't want to give it bye bye and you, you know you you know be, first it's like that's mine and then you finally deal with that you give it away you dealt with the selfishness and then you deal with the enemy comes at you from the other end for grieving the, the reason the enemy doesn't want you to give because it gets to the kingdom God's word gets preached, people get changed, lives get saved, and people get set free, and he hates that. So before we go on, I mean, while we're talking about this, I, I need some money. I, I got up here and wasn't real ready, but I need to get something that I could get after service. So, Oh, Scott, thanks. Yeah, just, you don't have to count it, I'll take it all, Scott. So nice. Go away. <laughs> no, I love Scott. I love Scott. Um, <clears throat> now, where was I? See, some of you are going, I can't believe. Now, when I asked for money, I want you to know why he was so quick to give it to me. So I want to explain what I just did. I gave him that money before service. And I said, in, this, in the message, I'm going to say something, and you'll know what I'm saying, and I want you to come up and give me the money back. And, uh, of course, I just gave him a hard time when I said, go away and all that. I'm just being ornery with Scott. But. So what I'm trying to tell you was the money was originally mine in the first place. I gave it to Scott to hold, and I asked for it back, which he immediately came back and gave it to me. Are you with me? Okay. So he was just holding for it holding it for me so he returned what was mine already in the first place is he grieving that he gave me that money think about it he's not grieving because before the service i handed him the money if he's doing anything he's like i hope he forgets (laughs) so when i'm calling it back he's not grieving now listen to me because i'm trying to show you something he's not grieving because the money was never The reason we grieve over money we lose or we spend and we give is because we think it's ours. And so then we're like, oh, we lost them. But if it was never ours and I'm just steward over that, I'm just holding it. I don't have to grieve when I give back to God what's already his. All all that we have comes from God. So when he asks for it, we just give it immediately. We're not really giving. We're simply returning what is already his in the first place here's point number three develop a generous heart deuteronomy fifteen fourteen says you shall supply him liberally from our flock or from your flock from your threshing floor and from your wine press from what the lord your god has blessed you with you shall give to him we have to get the place in the body of christ where we give and we give generously and it excites us to give and meet a need. God, show me, how can I bless? How can I do something? And it goes back to our heart, Matthew 16, 21. I said this last week, but I'm, I'm gonna, I wanted to show you where it was at. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And that gets misquoted all the time. It gets read backwards. Where your heart is, your treasure is. Your, your, your heart always follows your treasure. It's, it's not read the other way. It's where your treasure is, your heart will be. So, you know, if you put money in the stock market, part of your heart goes in the stock market. You'll be watching that stock. Nothing wrong with investing. If you put your money and you buy a brand new boat, you might be out there washing and waxing it in the spring. Why? Because part of your 
your heart's there. I've invested in that. Some of you have nice vehicles. There's nothing wrong with having anything nice. But you need to understand the principle of your heart and your treasure. Your heart always follows your treasure, not the other way around. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom, here's a tip. Put your treasure there. Start saying, you know, God, everything I have is yours. What do you want me to do? People will come to me and, and uh, they say, Brett, I want to be sold out for God. I want God to do that. I've seen him do some great things for you. I want to be doing that. How does that happen? I mean, I want to I do more for God. Okay, I want to do more, more than what the Bible says. Yes, I want to do more. Okay, instead of 10, just give 20%. I'm not that excited, Brett. I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> okay. But you see, whatever God tells you, that's his. You're just returning it. Just like Scott. And Scott, I do appreciate you. You know I love you wherever you, he went back that way to run, check things. So, so whether you're, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. The more investment you make into something, the more your heart is involved. You want a strong family? Then invest yourself in your family. And your heart will, will begin to be there. It's a principle in scripture. It goes back to what I've taught you before. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. If we, if we understand, you know, as we put good things in, we put godly things in us, that's what grows. We involve ourselves in the things of God, then that's what grows. If we are seeing things that are hitting our life that aren't godly, then we starve that out. And that's what dies. Help me, somebody. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. You start looking at God. How can I, what do I need to do in my life here that will bring more of your kingdom in me and in this place? Where I'm at, where you want. I mean, because where I'm at, God, you're at. You live in me. Here comes point number four. Develop a grateful heart. You know, people come up and they have asked Kim and I, how, how have you been able to, to do different things that we've done. And I want you to understand something. It's not the whistle that pulls the train. I'm, not, I'm giving you examples from my life because I really don't know all of the examples from yours. So I can only tell you what's in mine. You know, and there's, we've been able to give uh, 25% and more of our income different. I mean, God's just been good. And we've seen him do wonderful things. It's a privilege, and I want to lead by example. There's time, I mean, and God fights me just like he fights every, or not, excuse me, the enemy fights me just like he fights everybody else. God is, works in me just like he'll work in you. Uh, do you understand that? He has no respecter of persons. These principles will work for you just like they work for me because they're godly principles. Um, so when we apply them, there's been times that I have been so, oh, God, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I, I don't even know how we're going to do it. And we you know, don't know, and I, I pull my kids in and, the kids are, you know, and we know. Have you ever been where you look in your cupboards and you feel like Mother Hubbard? You open that up or, you know, like I could tell Kim, popcorn's really tender tonight, honey. I mean, there's just not a whole lot to eat. You know, there's just, and you know you want to get groceries, but you have taken, you know, you've done what God's told you to do. And you're like, Lord, I don't know. And there was, I remember one specific time um, we had, let's see, one, what, three bathrooms in our house and every one of them were being used. The kids were sick and, or, and I had to go preach that Sunday night and, and we needed, now listen to me, we needed $450 to meet bills and needs. Now you, you got to understand, um, 
this is going to get so good in six weeks. I'm just telling you. But we just, we need it, and I don't know what we're going to do. And, you know, you're looking at your kids, and everybody's been sick, and i got to go preach. I am drained. I, you know, I've been running to and from to the bathroom and, you know, helping, and, you know, let me get that here. Okay, do this, do that. You know, and I, so I had to go minister. So, you know, Kim's been my life partner, and she, she's squeezing my hand. You can do it, baby. And, you know, and so we're, she's going to man the fort while I'm gone, you know, kind of deal. And so uh, we got all the kids together, and we just prayed, God, you know, you are our provider. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I thank you, God, that everybody in here is well. You know, and, and I'm telling you, when you say stuff like that, it's easy to say everybody's well or I have enough when you have enough and everybody's well. But when you got green snot flowing and you're looking like, you know, and there ain't nothing going on and your cupboards are empty and you got stuff you got. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you've got to put God first. And I mean, inside of me is screaming, oh, God, I wish you wouldn't be the last hour. Why didn't you come like six hours ago or three days ago? Oh, but inside you're like, no, I know he's good. I know he's faithful. And the enemy is fighting you. And you're going to have to choose who this day you will serve. And so we grabbed our children and we said, listen, God's going to provide this. And Kim and I went, what do we need? We need $450. And I'm like, I am beat. I don't know, you ever felt beat? I'm white, you know. And so I go out to go out the door, give my wife a kiss, go out the door, open the door. On the door, I'm like, oh, help me. On the door is an envelope that says, for the man of God. I'm like, what? Pull that down, $500 in the envelope. I still don't know where they came from. You take a tithe out of 500, what's left? 450, slap your neighbor and tell him God is good. I brought that money back in. We pulled all the kids back in. We, we flayed it out here, you know, like, look at that. And the kids, you know why? They need to see the goodness of God. They need to see that it works. They need to see that the kingdom is what you need. So we got to develop, number four, is a grateful heart. Because we have a tendency to have a lot. See, this is what people say. Let me say it this way. They look at people that have a lot, and this is what they say. They have a lot so they can give a lot. Well, sure, if I had that, if I had that ministry that's that big, I could do a lot of things. We have it backwards. They give a lot, so that's why they have a lot. We got to switch. The enemy wants it. Oh, sure. Of course. You better watch that. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. We got to start saying, God, help me understand your kingdom and your principle. You see, I have a grateful heart because I know what a booger I've been. I have been the king of snot. I know, some of you, that just blew you away, didn't it? Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, But I think of what God saved me from. I think of, you know, what I could have been or or, or the road I was going on. And even on my trek to find him, sometimes we just get lost. But, oh, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and your saving. It's just simply gratitude. Gratitude. And gratitude is what produces generosity. When you are grateful, you don't have really any trouble to give because you're so grateful. Deuteronomy 15.15 says, 
you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and your Lord God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Now, I got to tell you this. My dad called me, calls me every Sunday morning. My Sunday morning preach it call. That's what he calls it. Well, go get him, son. All right, Papa, I will. This is what he told me. Uh, you know, that's what he told me this morning. But this is what I noticed when I was living at home. And I, I hadn't been called into ministry yet. Well, I had been called. I guess I hadn't recognized it. <laughs> but I would go into his dresser in his room, and on his dresser would sit his tithe check. Now, I didn't know what a tithe was, and quite honestly, I didn't care. And it would be of, of a generous amount. And I would see that I never, I mean, months went by, probably a year or more, you know, and I'd just, I'd see that every week. I'd see that check. He'd already write it. He'd set it up there so he could take it to church when he went. And I never understood this principle until God started teaching me this. And ever since my kids, when they were little, every one of them has said, Daddy, why do we, why do we give? You know, when they understood numbers, especially Mal, she, she know, you know, numbers, she's like, whoa, Daddy. You know, and it, it wasn't, to a kid, you know, $25 can be huge or whatever. So it's not about the amount when she would just see, you know, that kind of stuff. And then Zach and Sam and, and, and Maddie and, you know, all of them. Listen to me. I could tell them, just like we just read in that verse, I can remember what God did. I can remember what he saved me from. You see, your mom and I, we give because we love God. And we are grateful for what he has done in our lives. See, God is saying, I am commanding my people to be generous. And it's because we were slaves. He's saying, you know, this is God wants to reach the world, but he wants to use us to do it. He still uses people. That is his. You know what the treasures of heaven are? You're left. But you'll see that's his treasures. You. That's what he cares about. You know, the, the cool thing is God chose me. I could tell my children before I ever chose him when I was the big booger. He still loved me. He still said, that's the apple of my eye. I sent my son for him. He loved me in spite of all my screw-ups. And that's motivation. God, I just love you. I'm grateful. I'm giving not to get. Because I could never pay God back for what he saved me from. Or what he's done for me. I believe he wants you to live blessed. So you can bless others. And further the kingdom. And as you do that. It's going to point at him. You know what a sign does? A sign just points at something bigger than you. These signs will follow them that believe. It's something, how do you do that? Well, I couldn't, but he can. If I believe in him, I'm going to take you on a journey for the next six weeks that if you listen to what the Bible says, not not, I'm going to just read to you what he says, and I'll prove to you what he says. It's going to change your life. Remember the four things that we're going to do to have the best spiritual life ever? Man, you start putting this thing in the mix, you better look out. I mean, when we start saying, God, I have people that ask me, I want to see a miracle. I want to see a miracle. Are you putting God first? If you, if you start putting him first, 
you're giving him access to do miracles in your life. It really works that way. Now, I'm going to steal thunder from another way. I'm going to tell you one thing, and then, then we're going to close. I told you last week a little bit about the loaves and the fishes, and, they'll, and I'll, I'll explain that in detail coming up. Not today. But I want you to understand something. The miracle of that feeding of the 20,000, it says the Bible says 5,000. They were just counting men. So women and children, you got 15 to 20 grand of people. So 15 to 20,000 people. Okay. The miracle did not happen in Jesus's hands. It happened in the disciples. Think about that. He always uses people. If you'll just click your seatbelt and stay with me for the next five weeks after today, it's going to revolutionize your life. And you're going to be able to go, oh, my word. Oh, my word. You can even say it with attitude. Oh, my word. God's going to do something for you. And you'll be so blessed. And, and you know, will all your problems be gone? No. Will you still have struggles? Sure. But with God, you can do all things. God can do all things. All right? And, and nothing is impossible to him that believes. Can I get a witness for that today? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? The prayer team's going to be coming, and I, I'm just so excited about what God is doing and what he's going to be teaching you. And you're not going to feel uh, pressure. You're going to understand his principle. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, I just thank you for your presence in this place today. I ask, Lord, that you have already moved on hearts. You're already, some hearts have been hard, but you're softening them. You're showing them truth. And your word says the truth will set them free. I thank you for freedom in this place today. God, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're saying, Brett, I am, I'm excited, but I'm going to need some help. I've tried to do this on my own. Maybe you've never tithed or you've tithed on and you've tithed off. And if you can trust me, I'll show you how this works. If you're not there yet, okay. I'm not judging. I'm not condemning because I know how that works. Good measure, press down. I'm not doing that. But if you're saying that's me, I want to totally give my heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you're just coming back or maybe you've held out. You're kind of like three quarters there. Whatever the case is, I won't embarrass you, I promise. I just want you to put your hand up. I want to pray with you. Yes, anybody else? It's going to be a good year. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I receive you completely. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Help me. You can help me figure this out. I'll do my best to continue to walk with you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Is God good? Are you excited? I want you to be excited because I'm telling you you're going to walk away from this. Bring you know if you need notes uh because our lighting has been so kind of iffy, we used to give out handouts, but we found out nobody was using them because they really can't see a lot of what they're writing. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Um, but I mean, if you want to bring uh, something to take notes in, you know, I, I don't care. I, I encourage it actually, because my wife's a journaler. She writes down stuff and she can go back and the Lord will bring her back to it. Um, but these will be, you know, as we do these, these will be online. 
uh, as Ron gets those up and puts them online, and they're free. We, you know, we don't make any charge for that. We want you, in every way we can, we want to get what you need in your hands so that you can walk in such a way that people around you go, I don't know how that's happening, but I need, I need that to happen to me. And when we start getting excited about the kingdom of God, life is going to get good, my friends. We love you. Well, let's stand to our feet. Give the Lord a, a hand clap. <laughs> well, we're going to receive offering today. And again, I just want you to listen. And that might be, this might be your first step. Oh, boy, I'm going to try this. You know, and just understand, just like Scott brought that money back to me. I don't even know what I did with it, Scott. Oh, I put it in my pocket. And <laughs> um, Scott said, what money? But, you know, because it was never his. So just understand that principle. You don't have to grieve. The enemy's going to try to get you to grieve. But if it's not, not yours, just do what he tells you. Do what God tells you. And watch the freedom that you get. It's great. You know, if I did this, and I might use this illustration later in this, if I said, I need every guy to stand up and switch wallets. Now we're going to take an offering. I want you to give like you've always wanted to. <laughs> and people will be like, so wheat, because you know what? You can give like, any, like crazy when it's not yours. But you've got to understand the principle. It's not yours. So I hope that helps you. We're going to see God do some wonderful things. Let's pray.